Hello everyone and Namaskar. So today's podcast is a continuation of the reading of the book titled Anandamurti, the Jamalpuri years. And this is a reading of the 16th chapter titled Divine Madness. When devotion, bhakti, touches the spiritual wave of pure consciousness, which is beyond the three principles, it can no longer be called sentient or qualified but can legitimately be called Kevala. In Kevala Bhakti, there remains no bondage of limitation. One who reaches the stage of Kevala Bhakti forgets all protocol and dances, sings, cries, and laughs in supreme joy. It is only at this height of spiritual elevation that worldly bondages, ripus, bhashas, and social restraints cease to exist. Early in 1957, Baba called several senior disciples to his room and told them that he was thinking of forming prachar groups and sending them to different areas for intensive prachar programs. When they endorsed the idea, Baba asked Pranay to start informing the margis of the program by letter. Rameshwar Baita, Tarkeshwar, Mahadeva, and Chandradeva were assigned to Gaya, one of the major centers of Hindu pilgrimage. After fixing the dates for their tour and arranging leave from work, they came to Jamalpur to have Baba's darshan before proceeding on to Gaya. Baba called the four of them into his room and gave them a short talk about the importance of the work they were about to do. Then he assigned each of them a different topic on which to address the public. Baba, Rameshwar said, I don't feel confident speaking in public. Baba's demeanor underwent a sudden shift. Who has to speak? Is it you or is it I? You, Baba. Then why are you telling me that you can't talk on this subject? You simply stand there. I will talk. Rameshwar bowed his head and nodded. Baba called the four of them closer to him. One by one, he touched them between the eyebrows at the sight of their sixth chakra. All four entered into a state of trance. When they regained their normal consciousness, Baba was smiling. Now, are you ready to go and give your talks, he asked. Yes, Baba, they answered, still feeling the spiritual energy coursing in their spinal columns. Good. Now your time is up. Go and catch a train. They reached Gaya at midnight and passed the night in the station. In the morning, they went to the house of a relative of Mahadeva to wash up and prepare for their work. Within a few hours, they were able to arrange a lecture hall and a microphone for the following day at six. Following Baba's instructions, they dispersed to different street corners to talk to the passerby about the philosophy and hand out invitations. By the time the program began, the hall was full. Each of them spoke on the subject Baba had assigned him. After Mahadeva gave the final speech, he asked the audience who was interested in initiation. Nearly everyone raised his hand, and the four of them remained there until dawn, teaching meditation. From Gaya, they started moving in the direction of Jahanabad, village by village, following the sequence Baba had given them. In each village, they went to the village chief, explained the purpose of their visit, and asked him to help them arrange a place 
for the meeting and informed the villagers of the program. After their talks and subsequent initiations, they will catch a bus or a train for the next village. When they finally reached Jahanabad, they boarded the train for Jamalpur and went straight to Pranay, the general secretary, to report on their efforts. Pranay informed them that Baba was sick and asked him to go immediately to Baba's quarters to offer him their pranam. When they arrived at Baba's house, they found him lying on a cot outside his room with a fever of 102 degrees. Baba sat up and greeted them with a white smile and a namaskar. Despite the fever, he insisted on hearing a detailed account of their trip. When they finished, he excused himself and went inside to take a cold bath. When he returned, Rameshwar asked him, Baba, why did you take a cold bath? Shouldn't one avoid taking a cold bath when one has a fever? Don't worry, Baba said. Nothing will happen to me. You had to walk in the sun, and it is because of the sun that blue fever is spreading. If you fell sick, who could do my work? Shiva Shankar is in Assam. Everyone else is out on the tour. Now that you are back, I'll be fine. The next day, all signs of Baba's fever were gone. When Rameshwar saw this, he started weeping, sure that Baba had prevented them from falling sick by taking their samskaras on himself. Over the next few months, Prachar groups went to places as distant as Assam and the interior areas of West Bengal. They met with great success and further extended the reach of the organization. In February, Dr. Sachinandan organized a DMC in his native village of Indus in the Birbhum district of West Bengal, about 40 kilometers from Shantiniketan, the International Educational and Cultural Center founded by Rabindrath Tagore. A few months prior to this, on Baba's instructions, Sachinandan had moved his dispensary from Jamalpur to Indus, an act of sacrifice that endeared him greatly to the local people. He started doing active prachar in the nearby villages, a practice that would lead his father to disown him for going against Orthodox Hinduism. By the time of the DMC, Ananda Marga had become an established presence in the district. More than 400 initiates were waiting for Baba when he arrived on the 15th at the nearest railway station, Maheshpur. More than half of them were from the local area. Baba traveled the three kilometers from the station to the village by bullock cart, still a common means of conveyance in the rural areas at that time. As the entourage approached the village, the men started jumping and singing and blowing on conch shells, while the women started making the ulu-ulu sound, a loud, high-pitched, undulating peal made by moving the tongue against the inner lips, considered auspicious in Bengali culture. During the day, the Margis took Baba for field walk to a place called Milampur, where the Brakeshwar and Kopai rivers met. There he pointed out an ideal spot for a dam and gave them detailed instructions how to improve the economic situation in that area, including what crops to plant and where, how to open up small mills for those crops, and a plan for producer and consumer cooperatives for the end products, 
He also gave a long talk about the history of Birbum, starting with a little-known story of how the name Birbum came into existence. He related the history of the founding of Indus and some of the nearby villages and indicated where they can find the archaeological ruins of the original settlement. By evening, the devotional fervor had become so intense that when the DMC concluded, the devotees were rolling on the ground and crying. Many did not even notice when Baba left the dais. One of the margis who remained unaffected by the fervor described his experience. In the morning, we were given puff rice and fried black chili and molasses for breakfast. In the meanwhile, Haraprasar Haldar came and he started to eat from our plates. He wouldn't eat from some people's plates. He said they had not repeated their second lesson mantras before eating. When we asked them about it afterward, they said it was true. They had not taken their second lesson before their meal. A little while later, Haldar ordered a dog to place its feet on the head of one advocate, and the dog obeyed his command. It was so surprising. It stood up on its hind legs and placed its front paws on the Sahasrara Chakra of the advocate. At least 50 people in that place became abnormal. When the villagers saw all these things, they became convinced that there must be something very powerful in Anandamarga. Many of them came forward and took initiation. There was a Dr. Chakraborty there, and he also exhibited the same symptoms of madness. I was sleeping next to him after the DMC. He wrapped his arms around me in the night while he was in some kind of trance. I became afraid when that happened. So I went to Baba and told him that such and such things were going on, that people had gone crazy, and Dr. Chakraborty from Ranchi was doing such and such. Baba listened to everything I said. Then he told me that everything would be all right in the morning once he left. In the morning it was peaceful again, though some people still had some symptoms of the madness in them. In those early days of Anandamarga, the devotional relationship between Baba and his disciples often resembled a kind of madness in which the devotees danced and sang as the Spirit moved them. One example of this was Vijay Ray, an advocate from Krishnagar, who had taken initiation from Haraprasad during one of Haraprasad's prachar visits to his native city. He had then received further lessons from Sukhan, a local acharya whom Haraprasad had initiated and sent to Jamalpur for training, the same Sukhan whom Haraprasad's father had sent to Jamalpur to succor his son just after Haraprasad's initiation. Vijay soon began experiencing such intoxication in his meditation that he would often dance and sing in his room, especially at night, giving full vent to the joy he felt. His wife and other family members became convinced that the advocate had gone mad. The situation became so bad that neighbors would drop by to gawk at the astonishing sight of a lawyer dancing and singing like a madman, with no thought or care for what people might think. Naturally, they laid the blame at the feet of Anandamarga and the yogic practices he was now performing. One night, around two in the morning, a loud knocking awoke Sukhan from a sound slumber. Groggy from sleep, he opened the front door to find a local margi who informed him 
that Vijay was causing a terrible commotion. He had better come quickly. Suken hurried to Vijay's house and found him sitting in lotus posture with his eyes shut tight, swaying back and forth and conversing with Baba, as if Baba was physically present. His wife was close to hysterics. Suken started massaging him. When Vijay opened his eyes, Suken explained to him that he was upsetting his family and that he needed to come out of his trance and act normally. Gradually, he succeeded in coaxing Vijay back to some semblance of normalcy. The advocate ate something and was able to calm the fears of his family. But the next night, and the night after that, the same scene repeated itself. The following morning, Suken received a letter from Pranay with a message from Baba, telling him not to worry. Vijay was not mad, but rather was experiencing certain spiritual symptoms resulting from the movement of the Kundalini that were causing him to dance and sing. Don't worry about the accusations or abuse of others, Baba advised in the letter. Move ahead. I am always with you. In the meantime, take him to court with you. He will gradually come back to normalcy. Suken did as Baba instructed, but after a few days, Vijay's family locked him in a room and brought in a Muslim fakir who forced him to eat some medicinal roots that he claimed would remove Vijay's madness. The result was the exact opposite. Vijay had a violent reaction to the medicine, and the family ended up admitting him into a psychiatric ward. Though he was quickly released, they decided to file a case against Sukhan and Ananda Marga for bringing down Vijay's madness. Another letter arrived from Jamalpur telling Sukhan and the other Margis not to worry. No one had the power to harm them. Sukhan sent for Hara Prasar, who went with him to meet the family and the authorities. The family accused the Margis of stealing their son's soul. Hara Prasar countered by saying that Vijay's entire family should be locked up for insanity for making such an accusation. The case was thrown out, and after some heated discussion, Sukhan convinced the family to allow them to take Vijay to his guru by promising them a cure for his disease. A DMC had been scheduled for March of 1958 in Amra, Nityananda's native village, also located in Birbhum district. Sukhan, Haraprasad, and another dozen or so Margis from Krishnagar brought Bijai with them to the DMC. They arrived one day early with the intention of requesting Baba for a cure. As soon as Baba arrived, Suken was ushered into his room by Pranay. So what is the news from Krishnagar? Baba asked. When Suken hesitated to answer, Baba turned to Pranay and began describing how one Margi from Musafapur was dancing and singing, how it was good prachar for Ananda Marga, and how the same thing was happening in another place with the same results. So Suken, Baba continued, what is happening with you? Suken carefully recounted the problems Vijay was causing in Krishnagar. Baba offered the same counsel he had sent by letter. What is happening with Vijay is a good sign, Sukhan. He is experiencing the reactive momenta from his previous life. Give him time. He will gradually become normal. In the meantime, go with him to court and help him to adjust with his daily duties. When Sukhan left Baba's room, Nityananda caught him and asked him to help him initiate some local villagers 
who were waiting in a house about half a mile away. The rest of the Margis from Krishnagar now got permission to enter Baba's room. They pleaded with Baba to return Vijay to normalcy. Baba listened patiently and then sent Parta to bring Vijay. Once Vijay arrived, Baba instructed everyone to sit in meditation posture. Those who have Dhyan, practice Dhyan, he said. Those who only have Ishwara Pranidana, practice Ishwara Pranidana. Within moments, everyone started experiencing various states of ecstasy. Some began to sway back and forth and moan. Others got up and started dancing and singing with their eyes closed. Half a mile away, Suken was giving initiation. Suddenly he felt as if he were being lifted from the earth and then dropped from the sky. Having just given his new initiate his mantra, he opened his mouth to further explain the meditation process, but no words came out. The intoxication was so powerful, he felt as if he might be going mad. He staggered out of the room and found Nityananda in the same state. Unable to understand what was happening to them, they walked back to Baba's quarters to ask the master what was going on. Just outside Baba's quarters, they met Haraprasad, who had just come out of Baba's room. Tears were streaming down his face. My body is burning, he told them. The joy is so intense. The other devotees from Krishnagar poured out of Baba's room behind him. Among them, the only one who was in a normal state was Vijay, who was, unhappily for him, completely cured. While the other Margi's intoxication gradually subsided, Haraprasad's persisted unabated. As he walked through the streets of Amra, dancing and laughing, the world around him appeared to him like a shimmering tapestry of light, translucent images in a 360 panorama. As he walked past the trees and other plants, he narrated their secret thoughts and emotions for the Margis who accompanied him and tried to explain to them how to understand the thoughts of other living beings. Some fanatic Margis had uprooted some basil plants in the village since the Hindus worshipped it as a goddess. Haraprasar shamed them when he translated for them the tales of woe these same plants had told him. The village goats, sheep, and oxen followed them as they walked. Some tried to approach Haraprasar and lick him and rub against him. One unruly ox approached them threateningly. The other margis backed away, but Haraprasad grabbed its tail and stroked it. The animal became completely docile. Haraprasad told them that the oxen in the village were being mistreated. They had complained to him that after a lifetime of toil, their Muslim owners would butcher them. He called the owners and scolded them for mistreating their animals. Several people whom Haraprasad touched found his state of intoxication contagious. They too started dancing and singing. A newcomer, an attorney from Bankura, had been impervious to the general devotional mood until Haraprasad touched him in the main hall, where he had been lying with a shawl over his head. Instantly he got up, lifted his arms, and started dancing and singing with the others. Although the DMC area had been roped off and limited to Margis only, loudspeakers had been set up outside for the villagers. Most of them came to sit and listen to Baba's discourses. When the program was over, the Margis formed a large procession to accompany Baba across the Mayurakshi River to the train station. A large crowd of villagers came to see them off. 
some of them more interested in Haraprasad than in Baba, drawn by the rumors of his divine intoxication. After Baba's departure, the Margis queued up with the other passengers to buy their tickets. An elderly Brahmin was standing in the queue. When Haraprasad saw him, he instructed the Margis to tell him that there was no need for him to buy a ticket, tell him that he should go home and take rest. Sukhyan and some others conveyed the message. With great difficulty, they were finally able to convince the thoroughly annoyed Brahmin to cancel his trip and go back home. Once he left, Haraprasad told the Margis that he would die within a few hours. It is better he die in his own bed, he said. The next day they got the news that the man had indeed died, as Haraprasad had predicted. Before Haraprasad boarded the train, a large group of villagers crowded around him and asked him for some spiritual instruction. He asked one acharya traveling with him to conduct a mass initiation. Then they boarded the train. After a few stations, a couple of sannyasis entered their compartment and began doing Harinam Kirtan. Sukhen and one other margi offered their seats to the monks, who sat down beside Haraprasar. Within a few minutes, the monks started trembling. They left their seats and sat on the floor in front of him. Despite his protests, they began massaging his feet and crying out to him to save them. Haraprasad repeatedly requested them to take their seats, but they continued to insist. Finally, he told them that they should learn meditation and instructed Sukhen to initiate them. Haraprasad's intoxication continued unabated even after they reached Krishnagar. Sukhen soon became so concerned that he traveled to Jamalpur to inform Baba. Baba told him to instruct Haraprasad to meditate properly and assured him that he would soon be okay. Gradually, over the next few weeks, Haraprasad returned to normalcy. Both he and Vijay were sorry to see their madness go, but the rest of the Margis were glad it was over. Thank you.